It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. If you've ever wondered how we started our podcast and how we record our podcast, the answer is so, so simple. Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast. You can make money from your podcast no matter if you have one listener or a thousand listeners. Downloads, everything. I mean, it's so simple. If you're creating something, get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. You on, Le- Robert? <clears throat> yeah. What Levi, are you on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it, I was going to do my intro. <laughs> Go ahead, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Heels and Quads podcast. I'm Levi at Levi DeZindel on Twitter. And I'm Tommy Walter at Mr. Tommy Walter on Twitter. And joining us for the very first time, my very good friend of 11 years at... Robert Lemons on Twitter, Mr. Robert, Robert Lemons. What's up, fellas? How you doing, sir? I'm good. You don't have to yell at me, Shivani. I'm not blind. <laughs> it's coming out of your check, you fucking mark. <laughs> All right. Tonight, tonight, a very long-awaited podcast Classic pay-per-view review of... Been waiting. Waiting all week for this. WCW Starcade 1996. And remember, remember, WCW is where the big boys play, mind you. It is where the big boys play. Lex Luger coming in the first night of Nitro and shaking Hulk Hogan to his core. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely Robert, played around on this one here. So, 
Robert is a long time three episode podcast listener. He's Wait, all, a, three. That. all three. He, all three. No all, way. All three. He is a he is a good brother of epic proportions. That's but a he's solid a, three hours of listening to us just bullshit. And he but he is also an asshole Boston sports fan. Let me give you a rundown of the episodes that me and Robert have had in our 11 years. <laughs> the Yankees and Red Sox would play, and we both worked together at the same restaurant establishment. I will not name the place because I don't want to get fired from my job. But he would be like, hey, Tommy, look up the score for the Yankees and Red Sox game. I'm like, dude, I'm recording it. I'm not looking it up. By the way, you guys are winning, so I would intentionally, I would intentionally do that just to piss you he, off. He, he would. He knew the score. <laughs> He's an asshole. But anyways, That's let's good. get this podcast off to a grand start. Mister Levi Zendel is going to give us the rundown of WCW Starcade nineteen ninety six. Give us the card. The big boys are playing. All right, so uh, well. We, you know, it opened up with the usual WCW stuff. They talked for five minutes at the commentary table. The commentary and, table uh, consisting of Mr. Tony Schiavone. Dusty Rhodes. His podcast, What Happened When, with Tony Schiavone and Mr. At Hey Hey Hey, It's Conrad on Twitter. Is a fantastic follow and podcast to listen to. Okay. Beyond that. But it's Tony Schiavone. Hey, hey, I'm about to take you to the pay window, baby. Dusty Rhodes, it back in dream. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. You know, I, for, course... I, for, I forgot how great of a commentary guy Dusty Rhodes was. Uh, yeah, man. he was great. It was, it it was, was awesome. Money. He was money. I was going to say a... something about that on this, actually. I was, I was just listening, just watching that show and him talking. I was like, man, he should have he done it the whole time. But After he was his... booking. He was booking. Yeah, yeah so he's busy. Um, but anyways, we 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 got eight matches but on the card. Hang on, hang on, hang on Levi. <laughs> Slow your roll, son. Excuse me. We know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> Good brother. We also had on commentary the beloved, may he rest in peace, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes, sir. Yes, the greatest heel commentator of all time. Now you may proceed. Are we good? We're good now? Yes, go ahead, man. All right. Uh, you got eight matches on the card. Uh, it opened up with a cruiserweight, then a woman's, then another cruiserweight. And then we had the all the, I think all the mid-card matches are very solid, including the uh, tag match smack dab in the center. And then, uh, then you had... Uh, Another like an upper mid card, and you had Luger and Giant. I don't know if you consider that uh, one of the main events. And then you got Hogan and Piper. So it opened up with Ultimo Dragon and Dean Malenko, and I think this was the longest match on the show. It was, um, and it was for, it was to unify titles, right? It was nine, eight, eight yeah. nine titles Ultimo or something Dra- like that. Ultimo Dragon had eight at the time, and then beating and they wanted Ultimo to unify Dragon. the cruiserweight, the because WCW cruiserweight. During the Jushin Thunder Liger and Rey Mysterio match, they had already booked the Liger uh, versus Dragon the winner, yeah, for all the belts. Okay, 
So that was, uh, I think it was a pretty solid match. It was nice back and forth. It, it was, but honestly, I think for a cruiserweight match, it was a little slow paced. It wasn't your usual high flying all over the place match. It was a lot because it was Malenko and his whole and his uh, thousand holds, you know. So, you know, I the 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 thing with Malenko is is watching that match. I didn't realize how technical of a wrestler he was. Yeah. So, I mean, for that time, for someone to be that technical, you just didn't see that. Which, I mean, you know, if he was in the 205 Live nowadays, he would be – nobody would want to watch him because it's considered what you consider boring. I mean, yes. you, have, yeah. you, have some guy, you have some guys that you really like that are technical wrestlers that are fun to watch, that make it fun to watch. But Malenko was just very – he controlled a good majority of the match. Yeah, he, I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like he could carry a match because I mean it was just so technical and to me a technical match isn't as fun as the typical cruiserweight style. Yeah, and I think that was I think that was the main thing about this match. It wasn't your it wasn't your typical cruiserweight match. Like you said, it was more of a technician match, and I think there was a few high spots, but not many. Mm-hmm. I don't not many if I remember any at all, other than a few top rope moves. But uh, other than that, I mean, it was a it was a decent match. It was just. It was just slow paced, and it was a little too long if it was going to be that slow paced. But it was, it was fine. Let's put it that way. I, I, I think the only thing I think the only thing that pissed me off the most was Malenko targeting his knee, Dragon's knee, too much. Yeah, too much, and then Dragon not selling it at all. Like he was uh, in yeah, full on yeah. sprint, no limp, no nothing. He was kind of he was kind of underselling that. Yeah, and I know that you say that. That, that makes sense. I see that. I'm just saying, as a first-time call-in and podcaster, Robert, you're killing this shit. He's killing it. He's killing well, it. Well, I, I took notes, man. So there towards the end, um, uh, Malenko did a butterfly powerbomb that was just absolutely that was pretty a beautiful sweet. move. It was but pretty sweet. And, and, and to you know not discredit the match, the finish was absolutely sloppy. Like he was going to do a this- flapjack it. He was going to was do it, a flatjack and couldn't. They couldn't get on the same page, and it was just it was real sloppy at the end. I was trying to figure out. Remember if it was Malenko and Ultimo or Liger and Mysterio that was the uh, that was the sloppy finish like that. The, the mm-hmm. just that not the epic that finish. Yeah, yeah. No, he's right. Yeah, uh, it was Malenko and Dragon. Yeah, no, the, it was just the super sloppy. Was sloppy. The finish was sloppy. Overall, the match was perfect until the end. Yeah, the fall the false finishes were perfect. Um, they had the uh, Levi's vaping. I'm a douche for, for all the podcast <laughs> listeners that listen on a podcast episode. By the way, do not listen if you are listening on Anchor, and we have figured out the iTunes problem. Just so you know, we have figured out this problem. We have submitted our podcast officially to, to iTunes to be subs- They have to. We have 48 uh, hours. Whatever, yeah. Um, so Tuesday, you will be able to get this podcast on iTunes officially. Thank God, finally. We have battled. I have, me, Tommy, I have battled with Anchor and iTunes and Google Play for the last week to get this officially done. It's a long but process. It is. We have it done. It will be on iTunes and Google Play on Tuesday evening. No later than 48 hours from the time you are hearing this podcast on Anchor, you will hear it on iTunes and Google Play across the board. Anyways, going back to that, 
yes, the finish was sloppy. However, the match was perfect. I mean, it was it was probably the weakest part of the match, but that's it was the weakest part of the match. But because you know, because it's two guys false, you know could do better. The false finishes were fantastic, and yeah, Sunny but... Sunny Ono's interferences in the first two matches, which we will get to the second match for the women's title match a little in a little bit, but. I mean, it was flawless. It was a contrast. Yeah, I mean, it was a contrast of styles. I mean, you have a lucha versus a technician. That just doesn't that doesn't mesh well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, there we go. And not only that, but you're coming into a WCW which had just brought in the cruiserweights, Mm -hmm. just brought in D Malenko, just brought in Rey Mysterio, and they're coming from ECW into WCW. Well, I was going to ask about that because the year prior was the New Japan. Mm-hmm. What the matches were those? So I didn't know WCW. I guess it did. They always have the cross promotion thing going. I don't they, recall, Tommy. Do you? They had a small, very minute, uh, uh, like two or three years agreement with Paul Heyman. Okay, because um, Jerry Lynn was in for a little bit. He was under a mask, um, but. For a little bit, the early stages of WCW, you get to see Sabu and Jerry Lynn was under a mask and all that. But then as it goes in, because uh, Dean Malenko and uh, I believe it was, was it Dean Malenko and Ray or was it Dean Malenko, Dean Malenko and uh, Mysterio that had the last match in ECW before they moved on to WCW full time? I couldn't tell you that. I can't remember. Uh, it looks I like it. I, it looks like Eddie Guerrero. Okay, I think it was. I, th- I that's what I thought. I thought, I thought a it was a two out of. Th- it was a two out of three falls match yeah. with yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Guerrero, August twenty sixth. and Eddie, yeah, and that was right before they came in to WCW full time because they were all at uh, Bass at the Beach ninety six when the NWO angle came came in. Right. All right. Well. Uh, moving, moving on. Moving forward, the second match was the ladies. It was uh, Akira Hakuto. Hakuto. What the fuck versus... was she wearing? Uh, <laughs> that was a good question. Seriously, that that was literally the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was her and Medusa. Uh, Sonny was ringside for the first two matches. I think they knocked his out at the start so he could go get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for me, I mean, it was just a typical '90s women's wrestling match. So it wasn't there wasn't much special for it. I didn't I didn't see anything in it that impressed me majorly. It was um, solid though. I mean it was it was it's fine. Solid? It was it's 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 crazy to me to see where women's wrestling is now compared to and what I think it that's was what now. I compare it to. Yeah, I think that's what I compare it to because if you watch if you look at any women's wrestling from back then and and look at Sasha Banks versus Charlotte, you're going to it's a totally different product. Yeah, but Medusa, I, Medusa in her in her defense was probably one of the better women's wrestlers at the time. Well, she and was like the my opinion. girl. Yeah, and she that's was. Where I, that's where I was going with it. it you know, it's got to be in her defense. She carried the match. Yeah. Um. If if Medusa was in today's wrestling, she would dominate. Yeah, I think she'd be great uh, now because, because because not only in, in the ring. 
and uh, on the mic. She was good on the mic, too, and people failed to realize that other than the belt going in the garbage can. Matt, USA. Her she she was great on the mic. She was great in the in the ring. But I mean, now she's freaking doing monster truck rally shit, and well, she's a champion on it. She found her calling. Yeah, she's still hot. She still is hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. WWE Hall of Famer, as I like to call it, New York Hall of Famer. So I I guess we can move forward from that one. It was not much to talk yeah, about. Let, yeah, um, let's move on. Next next was the Piper promo, which was only I think one of two promos in this. There wasn't much Mike. Yeah, we in got this. yeah we got the Piper promo with Mean Gene, and then, and then NWO the bought their way in. They yeah they bought their way in. They always do. Was this that promo that you're talking about with Piper? Was that the one that he was like weird and like walking toward the camera towards the end and? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then Eugene called him back, and he came to say something about his kids or whatever. <laughs> he was talking about how life was never easy for him. He had to, he had to bring up six kids and had to feed them all. And it's like, dude, well, nobody told you you had to do that much time in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, my 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 ending impression of uh, Piper was, you know, towards the end before he died and how awful he looked. He looked freaking awesome back then. Like, yeah. He, yeah, he looked great. But, I mean, when he died, I mean, he went through like all kinds of he. I mean, he had cancer and all kinds of shit. And I mean, they it was like Vince brought him in just to give him a paycheck at the end. Yeah. But dude can cut a mean promo too. I mean, no matter what. It, it's just... But but in '96, in his in his defense, it was like, you know, he was just coming out of WWF, and it, he was doing, you know, '96. That was WrestleMania 12. He just did that backstreet brawl with Goldust. Oh yeah, that was the where he's chasing him around with the car and shit. Dude, that's the same year, man. He yeah. did the gold. He did the gold dust thing. He did uh, Lawler, and then uh, I think he had a little bit of thing with the uh, Ultimate Warrior before they dropped him. He was kind of in the shuffle that year. Yeah, he was. He was then, all over the place. But it was like we want to make fun of WCW for bringing in Savage and Hogan, but we want Piper in. Yeah. With the uh, billionaire Ted bullshit they had going on. All right, so our the third man after that was the uh, Jushin Liger and Rey Mysterio. That man has been around forever. Liger, Cause, yeah, because I mean he had to have been probably in his late twenties, early thirties, and I mean yeah, he's still I mean, he's wrestling, still been, yeah. and he's still going. Same, same he's still in New Japan, dude. Yeah. Now was, this, was it Liger that they? I don't know if it was a shoot. I'm sure it was. They wouldn't lie about it, but he had just had a brain tumor removed in August yes, of that year. Yes, yeah. So that's pretty crazy for him just a couple months later to be wrestling after having a tumor taken out, and kudos to him. And he's kind uh, of a – for him to be, you know, in the Lucha style, he's kind of a bigger guy. Yeah. He is, and you can – I almost compare Liger to, like, La Parca. They have like that, like thick waist, but they still move. They know what they're mm-hmm. doing in the ring. Yeah. Um, 
I think I think this match I didn't I didn't really take any notes on this one, but I thought it was I thought it was okay. I mean it was good. It was a little it was more uh it was more of a cruiserweight match than Malenko and Ultimo was, that's for sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's the and thing I mean, is like it's not so much as taking notes on that match, it's like you, you were look in at depth wrestling. watching it. Yeah, you look at wrestling now and you're like, Holy shit, I wish I could see this match today. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be great. Because that'd we be don't great. get that. Like, the one time we saw Liger in WWE was NXT TakeOver, and he fought Tyler Breeze. Yeah, and I think... Which, oh which was like, a we great talked match. About the, we talked about the 205 division and what should be done with it, and it needs to be more like these guys were 20 years ago. And I'm and, glad you brought that up, Levi, because I wanted to mention Wade Keller on Stoke Cold's podcast this week brought up that Finn Balor should be on 205 Live. Right after we talked about it. No. No, that would kill him. The day before we talked about it, though. Oh, I thought it was after. The day, no, the day after we talked about it, Wade Keller brought it up on Stone Cold's podcast. And I'm like, dude, you're stealing from me. <laughs> yeah, but what what shout out what to Wade Keller and Stone Cold on the Stone Cold podcast? What uh, what? So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and feel free to elaborate on it. What good would having him Finn Balor in 205 Live? What good is that going to do him? Nobody watches 205 Live. If you're if you put six people or if you put ten people that are wrestling fans in a room. Out of those ten people, who says that they're going to watch Two Hundred Five Live every time it comes on? Zero. But if you put if you put ten people in a room with Finn Balor on Two Hundred Five Live, who's going to watch it? But what does that championship belt more. hold? What what type of weight does that belt hold for the person that's got it on? It's nothing. It's not so much. We want to see Finn Balor get over, and or we're tired something. of seeing Vin- We're tired of seeing Vince run over Finn Balor just because he didn't create him. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to see him stuck in the two hundred five division, but I think maybe just a little bit. I, I, you know, it'd just be something to experiment with. But I see. Where it, could they do from. something? Could they do something kind of cool with what they did with what was it the the X division and TNA, and they can turn in the belt for a shot at the championship see yeah, yeah that'd be sweet yeah I, lo- I mean i think the x division was it was awesome that was like i watched tna for that those were cool matches yeah and, th- and that's yeah i'm i'm totally with that, you robert yeah i think i think there should be some and that was like and same with intercontinental belt now is like it used to be the dude you would put the guy as ic champ and he would kind of work his way up to the main event and then get a shot. He might not win the title, but most of those guys became world champions that were mid were mid card uh, guys back in the nineties and stuff. Well, they had to uh, put the- they had to put the intercontinental belt on somebody other than they had to put the intercontinental belt on somebody because it was either Hulk Hogan that was a constant champion and he was never hardly on TV. He just showed yeah, up. Yeah, you needed you know pay per views, so you had to have someone to carry it. Yeah, and that was the that which- was the thing with the intercontinental belt, which had more weight back then. Now it's just whatever which you can tell right there robert has listened to the podcast because we talked about that that's true we did we did talk about that hogan was hogan was either the champ or he was out of it yep he was off filming a movie or doing something oh it's what they try to do with brock lesnar now but yeah i was about to say the same thing yeah yeah yeah, it's the same. Hold, that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can so go back, off. Let's, back to, let's finish uh, this. 
I mean, what, that's, would... that's the problem with a podcast is we always get sidetracked. Start rambling. And we're sorry. We're going to get through this Starcade review. Let's go. All right. So after Liger and Mysterio was Jeff Jarrett and Benoit. Um, I thought this match was great, honestly. I think it was Solid. two guys, two guys who just you can't go wrong with in ring, especially in their prime like that. And they just it was an awesome back and forth contest. And there was a spot I wanted to point out that I remember from the match, and it wasn't it wasn't a big deal, but it was just little details like that. So I think it was I think Benoit went with a, with a dirty pin. He had his legs on yeah. the rope, and the ref. How do I remember turns, that? It was like a yep. it was like a real quick thing, and the ref turns around and looks at the ropes like he's wondering why they're shaking. You know, mm-hmm. like he just came off the ropes from his from his legs just came off the ropes. But yep. it's just little things like that. That makes it that's so the, much more fun to watch. And that's the difference between then and today. Mm-hmm. So would you like that. They would notice, the refs would notice the little things, and you're like, they got it. Yeah. That's, so that's what's put, sucking me into it. So would you put Chris Benoit in your top five all time as far as wrestlers? As far as talent, probably. I mean, yeah. you, can't, you can't ignore the fact that he was an amazing wrestler, and it pisses he me off He was just fun do. to he was just so fun to watch, man. Yeah, dude, in the ring. Like, what, what bad match did he have? Do you remember? Never. None. Never. Yeah, None. exactly. I mean, dude, in, I mean, and, and, he, and not only that, but the fact that him and uh, Nancy, woman, Nancy woman. Benoit. Woman. Um, Come here, woman. But the, the fact that. The, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Get over here, woman. <laughs> Hey, make hey, me a man. sandwich, woman. Make me a sandwich. Go over here, woman. I'm going like to strangle you, woman. Oh, that wasn't funny. Oh, too soon. <laughs> Dude, too soon. That's two in a row, Levi. <laughs> two in a row, man. <laughs> Fuji and woman now, dude. You're yeah. in two. You're yeah. too so, deep. I know. So the thing, You're in too deep. You're not too sweet. You're too deep, man. Right. So the That's thing with Chris Wall. T-shirt for wrestling tees. So the thing with Chris, you're too sweet. So the thing with Chris Benoit is like you can see like the the young guys that are coming up, they're trying to make their own style, but you see versions of old wrestlers, and but you can't, nobody can mimic his style. Like he's he's genuinely one of a kind, and nobody can mimic what he. You know, you know what he was like. What you're saying, like you know what he was, he was like a little heavyweight. Yeah, That's kind of, he's like a little heavyweight technician, high flyer. Like the dude did everything. Here, 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 here's what it is, guys. He was the Brian Pillman. Had Brian Pillman not got hurt and died too soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, yep. That's that's what it is. Because if you go back and you watch Flying Brian in WCW or with the Hollywood Blondes with Stone Cold, dude, that shit was flawless. Yeah. Flawless, like Brian Pillman in the ring was just too sweet. So, so in and the I'm match, throwing him up in the match. They're talking. Um, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett was endorsed by Flair. Endorsed. Mm, there was by a Flair, lot of stuff. There was a lot but, of stuff going on with the Four Horsemen at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, it it was all up in the air. Jeff Jarrett was like in like he was gonna like kind of take. Flair's spot because I th- I think at that point they were tr- kind of transition Flair out, okay, and just make him a Booker at that time. Oh, he was still okay, on his okay. prime. That was stupid. Oh, dude, I know Flair was so gold in the nineties. Yeah, he had the short like, haircut. 
Oh my god. I I remember <laughs> dude. I remember no listen. The to bowl this shit. cut, nonetheless. Hang on, I got a story. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting off subject, but oh my god. I tweeted Conan like when I first started the Twitter page in like two thousand nine. And I said, How great was that Bash the Beach ninety six Conan fucking Ric Flair match for the US title? And Conan said, I was so nervous I almost wanted to shit my pants. <laughs> This is Conan, who is now on the Jericho Podcast Network, tweeted me back and said he was so nervous he wanted to shit his pants. Could you imagine? Could you imagine even being in the company of Ric Flair? Yeah, right. That'd be his his water boy, man. Dude, in the ring, Ric Flair. Like I will go. Like I love Shawn Michaels. I met him. He is a fantastic guy and he is you can't beat him in the ring but he wanted to be rick flair yeah him and triple h both wanted to be rick flair well i mean if you look at the 80s rick flair was the 80s john michaels was the 90s maybe if you want to put it that way you know is everybody still there yeah oh okay i didn't know if uh anybody everybody dropped off or anything can't really. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.